getting you ready for tonight's kickoff between the New York Giants and Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio of the Believe Podcast Network joins us to break down the keys of the game and how the Giants can pull off a win. That's coming up next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and happy Monday, happy game day to everybody. We have Monday night football today, and we are going to get you ready for Monday night football, the New York Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs tonight at 8.15 Eastern. And we have a special show for you today. My guest is former Kansas City offensive lineman Joe Valerio who, by the way, also has a connection to the New York Giants, which I'm going to let him tell you about when we start the interview coming up in just a bit. But Joe Valerio is uh, one of the co-hosts of the Believe podcast that covers the Kansas City Chiefs. And he came on and just, he was tremendous. Let me tell you, we he broke down the Kansas City Chiefs, the weaknesses, how the Giants can win this game. A lot of good stuff. So if you're trying to figure out, you know, what to expect from the Giants, what you might see tonight from the coaching staff, Joe has it all for you. And before we get to our interview with Joe Valerio, um, just let me get you up to date on the New York Giants injury situation, which I want to talk about just a little bit. Um, Saquon Barkley, Lorenzo Carter, Carter Coughlin, Nate Ebner, and Kenny Holiday all ruled out of the game. And um, the the guys who were listed as uh, questionable for the game, Sterling Shepard, tight end Caden Smith, and receiver Kadarius Toney. Now, of those three, I do think all three will be able to play. I, I'd be very surprised. You know, Tony's been making great progress, and really he's the guy I think you want to have in the lineup against this Kansas City Chiefs defense, given how much they have struggled against the pass and just covering speedsters and whatnot. So Tony, things are, are certainly trending up, but as is always the case, the Giants will put all these questionable guys through a pregame workout to determine if they're going to be good to go and they will make a final decision then. But again, I would be very surprised if um, Shepard, Tony and Smith do not play. Now I do want to talk about the guys who have been ruled out because uh, this is kind of interesting. So uh, Lorenzo Carter has been ruled out and he of course was getting a lot of snaps as the strong side linebacker. And I'm curious to see how they're going to fill that spot there. Um, I'm guessing Cam Brown might see some snaps, some more snaps than usual at that spot. Um, you're also going to see, you know, obviously a rotation between Aziz Ojulari and uh, O'Shane Zimenez, both of whom are more weak side linebackers. But I'm curious to see if maybe one of those guys gets move over to that strong side. But uh, that Carter injury is kind of in- interesting because um, the Giants pass rush as is not very um, potent. Uh, last week, of course, an exception. They exploded for six sacks against a, a, a weakened Carolina Panthers uh, offensive line. So I'm curious to see how that comes together. Now, also want to mention, as I record this, um, 
there is a possibility that Ellerson Smith and Aaron Robinson, quarterback Aaron Robinson, might be activated for the Monday night game. Ellerson Smith is, is a defensive end. He was drafted with the idea of providing you know a boost to the pass rush. I would be surprised if he's going to be activated this week. I really would. I think if anybody's going to be activated, maybe we see Aaron Robinson, the cornerback. And even if he is activated, he's probably not going to see a whole lot of snaps. So I'm not anticipating those guys, if they are in the lineup, to see a lot of snaps, maybe about a dozen or so in certain spot situations. But the Giants, a little thin at linebacker, you know, now Carter Coughlin, there was a report by The Athletic that Carter Coughlin has an ankle injury that could keep him out for a few weeks. And if that's the case, fully expect uh, Benardrick McKinney to be signed off the practice squad to the 53-man roster to fill that void. And Benardrick McKinney last week against the Panthers in his debut as a Giant played pretty well. I mean, he was very active in limited snaps. So um, I could see him potentially having a, a larger role in the defense if um, you know they have if they bring him up from the practice squad to the 53-man roster instead of just a standard elevation. All right. And uh finally, before we get to the uh to the interviews, um just want to talk about Saquon and Kenny Galladay for a moment. Now, originally I think the, the plan or the expectation was that both of those guys might miss between one and two weeks. They are now missing three weeks. They have each missed three weeks. And of course, three weeks is the period for for um, injured reserve now. And I get it. Injuries are tricky. You, you know, you have no idea how well or how quickly a guy is going to recover. That said, considering how conservative the Giants were during training camp with holding guys out, and waiting for them to really be, you know, as close as possible to a 100%. I was a little surprised that the Giants didn't put Galladay and and Barkley on injured reserve. Again, knowing that they would only be without them for three weeks and that they could bring them back after that three-week period was done. And the reason I say that is because for the same reason why they were so conservative in the summer with injuries, with holding guys out as a precaution, um, the thinking was it's a long football season, so why rush anybody back? Well, you know what? When Barkley and, and Galladay got hurt, there was still a lot of football left. So I'm just I find it interesting that the same logic didn't apply as it did in the summertime. So it's water under the bridge. It's too late to do anything about it now, obviously, but um just something I thought I would mention. It is one of the thoughts that I mentioned in my notebook over the weekend on Giants Country, and it's just something I wanted to talk about here. All right, Giant fans, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Joe Valerio, co-host of the Believe in Chiefs podcast and former Kansas City Chiefs offense alignment and a guy with a special Giants connection who will tell you about that coming up. Um, He's coming up after the break. I think you're going to really enjoy the interview. I know I enjoyed it, and that will be up next. Hey, Giant fans, before we continue the interview with 
former NFL offensive lineman Joe Valerio. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And best of all, there's no annual contract and no need to buy a separate device for everything you want to watch. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Visit directtv.com to learn more today. All right. Welcome back, Giant fans, to the Locked on Giants podcast. My name is Patricia Trena, and as promised, I am pleased to be joined by Mr. Joe Valerio. He is the host of the Believe in Chiefs podcast, along with Jeff Fedoyton. Joe is also a former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman, I believe a center, second round pick, 1991. And yes, I remember that part back because that's how <laughs> that shows you how long I have been covering uh, the NFL and the Giants. Joe, delighted to have you with me. Thank you so much for the time today. No, thank you, Patricia. It's great. I have a real good connection to, to New York. You know, I live here in Philly, so I'm only while I cover the Chiefs, Philly's my hometown. So I always have the NFC as close to my heart and, uh, you know, rooting for my hometown Eagles and, and watching all those great NFC games. But the, the Giants were the first team that I worked out for as a, as a college player. Um, the Giants, uh, Terry Bradway was one of the scouts at the time, went on to be the GM of, of the Jets, was a head of scouting for the Chiefs when I was there. And uh, he brought me up to New York, to Giants Stadium, and I had my workout. And so I'll always have, every time I drive up, you know, 95, uh, whether it's to visit family or friends or take a trip. And I, I see giant stadium. I, I always think of, of my time there as a, as being my first NFL experience as a, as a college player, which, which is really cool. That is cool. That is a cool story. Just think what might've been right. Oh, I know. I have so many great. Oh, I think back to those nineties linemen, Riesenberg and Bob mm. Cratch and, Oh my gosh, the the names go on and on. Jumbo Elliott, I mean, just a fantastic uh, group of linemen back then, and you know Bart Oates. I mean, geez, you know, it's just uh, I'm a football fan. You know, while I cover the Chiefs, and I do root for the Eagles since I grew up in Philly, I, I am a football fan. I just love the game. You know, I love all the teams. I love those those giant those Parcells Giant era. My God, they were so good and such great players. I, I got to go on vacation once with Howard Cross, which was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, so, uh, in Hawaii, which was cool. We did a, we did a mission trip over in Hawaii. So I got to meet him. So giants, so, you know, giants and me, we're like this, you know, we're like this. So, <laughs> well, you're going to be talking though about the chiefs. Cause you know, you're the chiefs expert for the believe, uh, sure. podcast network and, um, no, no, uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you to choose between the giants and the chiefs, but yeah, what I am going to ask you about, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I want to talk about coming off of last week's win with, with that, that was an embarrassing win for the Kansas city chiefs. I mean, mm, unexpected yeah. to say the least, how, based on what you've heard and seen, how have they responded to that loss this week in practice? Are they business as usual? Are they angry? Where, where are they at right now? Well, I think, you know, all, all athletes and coaches, you know, as long even though Andy Reid's been doing this a long time, right. hundred wins with two different teams, uh, you know, he, he, he's been there. He's been around the block. It's not his first rodeo. It's not his first up and down season. Um, but he, he is working that team the way that he always does. You know, Andy's not, Andy's not a roller coaster ride of a coach. You know, you, you, what you see is what you get, uh, you know, to use a, an old school term, he, he's a steady Eddie, 
you know, he just, he just keeps going. He, he doesn't take the losses, uh, you know, too hard and he doesn't celebrate over celebrate the wins. He knows that you have a job to do the next week. So I think that's going to be good for this team. Cause I, the last thing this team needs to do, this Kansas city chiefs team is get on a roller coaster because I think if they do, I think it would be disastrous. Uh, I think right now, I think if I had to give my elevator pitch on what is wrong with the Kansas city chiefs and, and where the giants fans could have, you know, I know that I know that the team is struggling. I know they're two and five and I see it. I see what's happening on their offensive line. My goodness. It's a, a revolving door with injuries and uh, um, it's hard, it's hard to get chemistry on the O line when that happens and give your quarterback a chance to succeed. But you know, what gives the, the giants fans hope is that this, this Chiefs team continue. If, if the giants fans, you know, look to win this game for the giants, the, the Chiefs right now, it's a defensive problem. It's a defensive problem that's pervading into the offense. And it's forcing Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid to press, which ultimately is forcing Patrick Mahomes to press. Patrick Mahomes feels this incredible need to stay on the field. You know, in that Titans game, they only had the ball for six minutes, Patricia, six minutes in the first half. And I was kind of joking and was talking to somebody about, about that. And I said, you know, Vince Lombardi's Packers can't win a game in the, if you only have the ball f- for six minutes in the first half, I, I, any dynasty you could pick, the Montana 49ers of the 80s, the, the, the Brady Patriots of the 2000s, like no team is winning a game with six minutes. I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes. You could have three, three Patrick Mahomes is out on the field. And that's the problem. That's the problem with this team. And, and, and I think to, to kind of answer your question, come full circle, that was a long answer to a short question. The, 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 the problem with this team and, and, and why Andy can't allow them to press anymore is because if they do, I think it's only going to sink them further. So that's my kind of analysis on how Andy has been approaching this week. And plus, let's, let's be honest, Andy is fantastic on what, what I would call bye weeks. And this is like a semi-bye week, right? Having played that game and then going to a Monday night, he gets an extra day right? Not an extra week like you do in a buy, but we'll give, you know, Andy's awesome with extra time. And I think that is going to help this team. This Monday night game couldn't come at a better time for this team, short of it being a bye week, uh, because this team needed time to refocus and figure out what they're going to be for the rest of the season. All right. Now, excuse me, you brought up Patrick Mahomes. I want to stay with that um, if if I could for a moment. You mentioned that it looks like he's pressing, that he feels the need to stay on the field. Historically speaking, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Chiefs defense has never really been a super powerhouse defense. They've been good. They haven't been like a top five unit. So why is this year different to where maybe he feels he needs to be on the field longer, do you think, uh, as opposed to past years? I, I think, and I don't mean to make this a simple answer, because they're that bad. Like, because they are that bad. They are getting owned up front. I mean, and and the thing that is ironic might be the wrong word. I, I always use the word ironic wrong and incorrectly. Um, but the thing that is interesting about this defense is that this was supposed to be the year they made the moves to be a great defense. You know, they signed Jaron Reed to be the run stopper in the middle. They decide that, you know, with Frank Clark coming back and and, and at least being through the offseason healthy. You know, we're going to bring Jaron Reed in. We're going to move Chris Jones to the outside. We're going to continue to develop, you know, the defensive line in it and put a chemistry together that works because I think the Chris Jones experiment of going to the to defensive end was on paper 
what the Chiefs needed to do to create a formidable front four. Then, you know, the development of Willie Gay Jr., Nick Bolton, the linebacker experiment has died as well. I mean, all these experiments that we thought in the offseason were going to make them a top five, maybe even a top three defense, they've all gone to heck in a handbag. And and they can't stop the run. They're they're completely miserable at the mid-range passing game. You know, when when teams start to stretch the, the field horizontally, you know, whether it's from the you know six yards deep or to like 15 yards deep, their linebackers have not been covering. Their linebackers are small. When you watch when the giant when your Giants fans watch this game, first thing they're going to notice this defense, how small it is. I mean, they are they are it's almost like they look like it looks like seven defensive backs um, out there all the time, even though, even though Steve Spagnuolo, you know, as we all know, obviously he has a, you know, affiliation with former affiliation with the giants. Like he loves that four, two, five defense. He loves it. He's he's, he, you know, the chiefs have played nickel first down, second down, third down the, his, the entire tenure. He's been there, right. That's their, that's their thing. It's the four, two, five, right. It's two athletic, big linebackers, five really good defensive backs with one big run stopper, like a Tyran Matthew. And that's how, you know, that's how you start. That's how you stop, you know, this passing uh, league, right? That's how you become a successful defense in this passing league is by having more people that can cover. And right now, Coach Bags doesn't have any of that. Like he doesn't have big linebackers that can fill the run. He's got a defensive line that's in shambles because nobody was nobody has figured out what they were supposed to do with this new, you know, this new front that they were supposed to have. Um, and then, you know, and it just seems like the effort is not there um, from a defensive backfield perspective. And I think. I think what the what the problem is, and then go, I'm going to circle it all the way back. Sorry, it was another long answer to the Patrick Mahomes issue. Is I think he has completely lost confidence in this defense. He, you know, it used to be where if they got behind by by some, he felt comfortable that they were going to bend and not break. But this defense is completely broken <laughs> at this point. And you watch what the Titans did, and you know, and it wasn't even Derrick Henry. Like everybody thought it was going to be Derrick Henry was going to run for 300 yards or something in that game, in that Titans game. And he didn't, he only had, you know, he, I don't even think he had a uh, hundred yards rushing, but he did have, he had a hundred total yards because they were using him as, with the extended run game by dumping the ball to him occasionally, which was really smart on the Titans part. Uh, Cause I don't think coach Spags was ready for that. So, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's a, it's just a pervasive issue right now. And Patrick Mahomes is carrying the entire weight of the Kansas city chiefs, the city of Kansas city, the state of Kansas, the states of Kansas and Missouri, and any NFL fan who likes the Chiefs, he's carrying them all on his shoulders. And that is really, really hard for a young kid to do. Sure, because he ends up pressing um, when he's you know, on offense. And like you said, the need to stay on the field for as long as he can. Now, just staying with the defense, I mean, it sounds like there's no salvaging this unit. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, if you were – advising spags on how to fix this, where would you start? I personally, I'd start with the linebackers because I think it's, I think it's what's hurting them the most. I, I would, I would, I don't even know what you do at this point. You know, you're, 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 you're going to be, you're going to be halfway through the season here in a few games. And I don't know where you started. Are there any, you know, you can't get Ray Lewis out of retirement, right? He's, <laughs> he's probably not going to come play for the chiefs right now. Cause, and that's what they need. They need something. They need some spark on that defense of somebody who can, at the linebacker position, cover tight ends, cover a big receiver, 
and can stop the run. And they don't have that right now. They just don't have that right now. And between, you know, between the injuries, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, having, you know, not having the, the, the right personnel out on the field. I mean, you know, we, we, we've, we've lost, uh, you know, Anthony Hitchens has been questionable, you know, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, Willie Gay's had some injuries like that unit hasn't had a chance to play, you know, when Ben Neiman's out there with Willie and Nick, when they do actually get into what's a, you know, a traditional four, three defense, like I said, they look so small, like they just look like, you know, like they just look, they look tiny and, and, and that's got to give so many offenses a lot of confidence, you know? And I, I'm, so I think, I mean, if I had a wet magic wand, Patricia, I'd say, you know, go out and sign a, you know, sign a, sign a Ray Lewis type or two and just, you know, fill in, f- fill them in at linebacker and see how it works. Cause I think that would be at least the first piece of the puzzle that I would look at. And then I would start with the defensive backfield, you know, and really get after some, you know, some veterans in the off season that can, you know, that can be run stopping corners, run stopping safeties, but also cover. Um, and, you know, and then they work on the defensive line later. Cause I think they have the pieces there. I think they have the right, they have the right people on the bus. They just need to get in the right seats on defense. And that's sort of my analysis of, of where this defense is right now. All right, Giant fans, we still have more with Joe Valerio on today's show. But uh, have you checked out BuiltBar.com yet? I know I've been talking about Built Bar every day on the show or just about every day. And if you haven't checked them out, please Give them a, a look-see. I think you'll be pretty impressed. Bill Bar has nine amazing flavors, plus a limited time selection of uh, specific flavors that they roll out. And lately, they've been rolling out new flavors on their website, BillBar.com, every few days. So there's sure to be a flavor that you're going to find that you're going to like available in nut and nut-free varieties. Bill Bar is the perfect choice for a low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat. And it will satisfy your sweet tooth because each Built Bar is covered in real milk chocolate. So when you visit BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCK15, you will get 15% off your first order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. All right, Giant fans, still more to come on today's show. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever, offering a new web interface for the start of basketball season, more props, more odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head on over to the to their updated site to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Now, taking a look at the Giant game, the Giants are coming into Kansas City. They have some injuries on offense. As we record this, we don't know if Kadarius Tony will be available. It looks like he's going to be available. You know, he was he was able to practice a little bit on Friday. Um, We don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to be available. We don't know if Kenny Galladay is going to be available. As you mentioned, the Giants have had the offensive line uh, revolving door, although it looks like they're going to stay with the same 
um, lineup for the second week in a row. So that being said, where can this Giants offense potentially take advantage of this Chiefs defense? Where's their best bet? Um, well, number one, if if Saquon can play, right, I think that's that's going to be that's going to be critical, right? If they can, if they can, if they can, um, you know, have him healthy and he can provide sort of um, the, the the put the pressure on that defense to stop the run. And I think what that will do for Daniel Jones is that'll open up the mid- middle passing game. Cause if I were, if I were, you know, if I were an offensive coordinator and, you know, if I were, you know, obviously the only offense coordinating I ever do is when I play, you know, PlayStation or, you know, uh, you know, video games. But um, if, if, if I were, you know, had, had that group, I, I, I would run the ball till they stopped it um, to put, you know, to have them start to keep, you know, keep bringing up, bring the linebackers up, force those linebackers to fill the holes you know, stop Saquon, you know, if, if, if they can do that, then what that does, that opens up the, the sort of the, what I call the mid range passing game, you know, the, the, the chiefs now that they have Sorensen out of, of the lineup, um, they don't, they don't really get beat deep much. They've got pretty decent team speed in, in the backfield on defense. So it's not like you're going to beat them with bombs and hail Marys and going for broke, right? That's just not, that's not the way you're going to beat that defense. And, and I don't know if that's the way that a, a young Daniel Jones, you know, beats, you know, a, at least a, at least a, a defense that has championship DNA, right? I mean, while, while the chiefs might, might be struggling right now, they still do have quite a bit of, of what I call championship DNA out there. You know, they're still, still pretty solid. Um, you know, players with experience. So you're not going to beat them deep. You're not going to just like go for broke, throw bombs, you know, try to make big plays. To me, the way that the Giants need to beat this team is by being methodical, the way that the Titans were. You know, if they can get anywhere close to the time of possession that the Titans did and, and keep their offense on the field and keep Patrick off the field and then forcing Patrick to press when he is on the field, I think that's the way you beat them with the, the Giants offense. I think it's running, run it till they stop it, force the linebackers to keep thinking about the run. And then you start popping middle, you know, the middle of the field, horizontal stretch passes from six to 15 yards, chip away, own the field, own the clock and, and, and make it a methodical win offensively, defensively, you know, that's another story. And, and, and I think, um, and, and and getting that line to play together. Now, I mean, that's a good thing. Patricia, you bring up a great point. I mean, I looked at, I look, I went back and looked at where this offensive line was supposed to start the year in September. And, you know, you've, you know, you had Pert and Hernandez and Gates and Lemieux and Thomas. That's a, I thought that was a pretty solid line. Like on paper, they, they all seem to, to be, you know, uh, for getting five players together, I thought that was a pretty good group, but now all of a sudden, you know, Solder, who was always in the mix, he's playing right tackle you know, you got Pert at left tackle, which is, that's huge, right? To have to make that jump from right to left. Hernandez is the only, only person in there that started the season. And then, you know, the fracture to Gates, a, a right tackle playing left tackle. And that's, that's tough. That's tough to do, but I'm glad to see that they're playing, you know, cause I, I always root for the offensive line. Um, I'm glad to see that they're, they're, they're getting some consistency. So, but flipping, flipping it over to the defense, Patricia, I think, I think, um, you know what? What does the uh, what does the, the 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 Giants' defense need to do? Well, the Chiefs' running game right now is in fragments a little bit. You know, I mean, they're they're struggling a little bit in what I would call the pure run game. You know, not having Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, you know, that's really been that's really hurt them. 
and, and I think you know I think um, you know uh, uh, Daryl Williams is okay, but you know he's not you know he's not your you know like a premier running back that's gonna you know he's gonna just you know he's not Derrick Henry let's put it that way he's not Saquon Barkley, and and I think where where the um, the Giants need to do is they need to keep Patrick in the pocket. I mean that's the way that's the way defenses have have beaten the Chiefs. If you watch the way the Titans rushed Patrick, they did not rush him in the traditional way. You know, they, 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 they built a wall that kind of kept him contained from tackle to tackle. And if you can keep him contained from tackle to tackle, he's not going to be as effective as when he can find the pocket within the pocket and, you know, go parallel to the line of scrimmage and run sideways. And because all that does is that gives Tyreek Hill, Pringle and Travis Kelsey, you give them an extra second to get open. They're getting open. And, and I think so defensively, you've got to really contain Patrick and mush him into the pocket and keep the pocket very contained. And then, then you've got a chance. And, and then, you know, cause he's not, he's not super tall and, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's not like that statuesque quarterback that's just going to sit back there and, and wait to pick his shots. And um, so I think that's how they, that's how they beat them is, is really, you know, keep the, keep the, keep Patrick in the pocket. Don't allow them to pass bracket Kelsey and Hill. And, and I think they can, you know, they can do, you know, similar things to what, you know, to what tight Tennessee did as long as you can, as long as you can keep that offense off the field, because they will get their rhythm eventually. Sure. Sure. What do you see as the X factor to this game? Something that maybe we're not maybe talking about a lot or writing about at this point, probably special teams. You know, I think, I think if, if the giants, you know, can, can really focus on, doing something spectacular in the special teams game. Maybe it's, you know, come up with some kind of a different return, maybe go after a punt or two, you know, and really make an effort to block a punt. I think, I mean, look, no offense. I, I think just on paper, knowing what I know about the chiefs and having watched the giants and there's some of their struggles. And, and again, I'm not being critical, you know, of the team, they are, they are struggling a little bit at two and five and, but I think they're just going to have to do something different if they want to win this game, especially going into Arrowhead. It's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be tough to hear. Chiefs fans are going to be really rowdy. There's going to be a lot of barbecue smoke over the stadium. And, you know, it's going to be intimidating for, you know, for the Giants because it, it is a very intimidating place to play um, and to go into because it's so loud. Um, even though, you know, the Chiefs are struggling, this is, this is them coming back to Kansas City on Monday night with my good friend Tim Grunhard, you know, the starting center during the nineties and early two thousands going into the ring of fame, the, the stadium is going to be pretty electric and regardless of whether the chiefs are three and four or not. And, and I think their fans are, this is their last shot because this is their last shot to be, you know, the 12th person out on the field, because I'm telling you, if the giants go in to this game and they win this game, I have a feeling that the chief season is going to plummet. I, I do because they've got, some tough games coming up with Green Bay. Um, they're going to be heading into their a a big bulk of their AFC West schedule, and there's a lot of parity there right now. So I think if the, you know, so I think that's good for that's bad for the Giants in some ways because the Chiefs fans are going to be crazy. But if they can jump out early and do something crazy in special teams and score a special teams touchdown early and get get let the Chiefs get behind, I think the fans are going to go down. And it could be an opportunity for the Giants to, you know, to pull something out. 
So, it, you know, it's, that's how, you know, that's kind of how I feel about the X factor in this game. It's keeping the fans out of it and maybe doing something miraculous in special teams. That's a, a part of the game that I know we don't talk about very often. It's interesting you bring that up because last week the Giants didn't really do anything great, spectacular on special teams, but they did have one play where they set up to block a punt. I don't think they were able to do that. But um, And then, of course, now the Giants got to figure out who the returners are going to be because they have injuries at those spots. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, special teams, you know, and that's Joe Judge's forte. So, yeah, it's, 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 they got to do something because, look, you know, you give Andy Reid an extra day to prepare. You got a team that has its back against the wall. You know, I, I mean, even though it's a 17 game season, you know, three and five is going to be a really uphill battle for the Kansas City team. If, if especially, and, and again, no, I mean, no offense to to the Giants, but if the Giants at two and five can come in and beat them, I think, I think, I hate to say this, and I, I'm going to make a lot of, of the Chiefs fans that, that be, might be listening and make them mad. I, I just think the season's almost over. I mean, sure, could they pull it out and go on a run? Absolutely. But I think it would be a, a loss that it would be really tough for them to come back from um, because of the injuries that the Giants have, the struggles that they have, having a young quarterback. Like it has all now to me, it has all the that it has it also has all of the the recipe and ingredients for a, you know, like one of those miraculous Cinderella wins, too right? For the Giants to be going on the road to Arrowhead on Monday night to shock the world and to pull, pull together a game plan that beats, you know, the, the three-time, you know, AFC West Super Bowl, you know, bound team, uh, whew, that would be, that could be a huge win for this Giants team. And they're going to be motivated. Everybody wants to stick it to the Chiefs because they have had that, you know, that, that air of, you know, AFC dominance and, it could be it could be a huge huge win for for the Giants and it, what it could do for the Giants they go into this game and win you look at the AFC East now and you're like wow okay I mean the NFC East and you're like wow okay you know you got all these teams at two and five hey you know maybe we could pull a wild card out of this thing because the AFC the NFC has got some parity and and you know so it's a it's just I think it's it's just a big game, just as big a game for the Giants as it is for the Chiefs. But Patricia, one thing we, we always say, and we used to say it in the locker room all the time, a lot of times the team that has the biggest advantage is the one that has the most to lose. And, and unfortunately, I think for the Giants, the Chiefs have a little bit more to lose in this game than the Giants do. You know, if the Giants lose, okay, you go from two and five to two and six. It's like, they're they're in a they're in a division that you know it, it is in in reality it is going to be kind of tough to catch the Cowboys at this point at five and one, and what does that mean for the Chiefs if they lose? That you know the season could be over for them. So I think I think they have a little bit, and you're going from you know a three time Super Bowl you know three three Super Bowl appearances in a row to to you know to maybe having struggling to make the playoffs. So I think the Chiefs just have a little bit more to lose. Their back is a little bit tighter up against the wall at this point. Well, it's going to be a good battle. The Giants never do well on Monday night. I don't know why that is. They don't. They just don't do well in primetime. Period. Um, I know the Chiefs are a little bit more experienced in playing in playing in primetime. So maybe it's just you know for them playing under the lights not a big deal. I mean, we'll see. Um, yeah. Should be a good game. Hopefully, either way. Hopefully, it'll be worth staying up for. Uh, Joe, great stuff. Really appreciate it. Um, 
Giant fans, again, that's Joe Valerio. He is the co-host of the Believe, and that's spelled B-L-E-A-V, in Chiefs podcast. So I will have that information where you can find him in our show notes. Joe, I want to thank you for the fantastic stuff. It was great catching up with you. And congratulations to your friend. Uh, I know you guys are all like brothers, so I'm sure, you know, it's it's like your brother. So congratulations on your family member getting inducted. Yeah, well, thank you very much, and and you know, I I I do too. Hope it's going to be a great game, and I love seeing great Monday night games. And I'm a football fan, you know. I love covering the Chiefs, but I also love the NFCs, and I really love when the AFC and the NFC these these inter interconference scheduled games. I love watching them, and it should be a good one, and and I hope it's a good one for all the fans. Fingers crossed on that. All right, Giant fans, all right. make sure. You, you uh, keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Tomorrow we'll have a rundown of the Giants Chiefs game. And we're going to move Twitter Tuesday to Twitter Thursday. I'm sorry, Twitter Friday. So you have a little extra time to get your, your questions in for the week. So until then, everybody, for Joe Valerio, I am Patricia China. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you tomorrow.